time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Witness a theoretical argument. Washington, D.C., the present. Four intelligent men talking about an improbable thing like going back in time. A friendly debate revolving around a simple issue. Could a human being change what has happened before? Interesting and theoretical because whoever heard of a man going back in time? Before tonight, that is. Because this is The Twilight Zone. Episode number 49 of The Twilight Zone was back there. And uh, Sean, it revolves around Peter Corrigan, which is not to be confused with Billy Corrigan. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the singer from the Smashing Pumpkins and a fine son of Chicago as well, right? Uh, he is actually my uh, uh, a, a coworker of mine. Used to be his neighbor back in back in the wow. day. Wow, uh, has some great stories about him. Uh, apparently, a very nice guy. Um, yeah, believes in uh, <laughs> he believes in some some crazy stuff, but uh, but, I, but I, very I, friendly and very and friendly. Even if you're going to believe in, in crazy stuff, be, be friendly. And then no, no one cares <laughs> exactly. if you believe in crazy stuff. Uh, it revolves around a uh, young engineer, Peter Corrigan. And uh, uh, it's presumably present day. So I guess he's in the 1960s. Yeah. And uh, he's having a, a, a nice little, uh, a nice little philosophical uh, conversation with some, some friends and uh, uh, basically about whether or not you can you can change things by going back in time. Like if you um, if you go back in time and try to change things, are you actually going to be able to or is that sort of already baked into what happened? Yeah, it's a it, it's it's a nice little story about, uh, you know, does fate exist? Is the future written? Um, and Which, by the t- way, props to uh, Rod Serling for not. Uh, not invoking the grandfather paradox. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say there's no, uh, you know, there's because it's, you know, this is in the 60s. They, they don't have Terminator 2 or Back to the Future to uh, um, to compare it to or, or that episode of Futurama. Oh, or yeah, yeah, that one, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Roswell that ends well. If you haven't seen it, oh, uh, so go, go go watch it now and uh, and you'll you'll be entertained. Um which, by the way, speaking of the uh, of the grandfather paradox, there's actually a chapter in my novel *Righteous Might* called "The Grandfather Paradox." What? Um, in which they're uh, you know they're sitting there talking. Once they've realized that they've gone back to uh, the day before the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, they're discussing whether or not you know should they change things? Can they change things? What the heck is going on here? And uh, at one point, somebody talks about the grandfather paradox. And I say what I think everybody has wanted to say about the grandfather paradox. <laughs> I liked my grandfather. Uh, I, I only met one of them because, uh, unfortunately, the other one passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other did uh, pass away when I was only like three. But I, I rem- actually remember him very well. And I remember him very fondly. Uh, I can't imagine if I go back in time... Uh, five minutes after I meet my grandfather, I'm going to be like, I, I have to kill you. There, there's I no have way to around murder this. you. Because <laughs> so, my grandma's a looker. And <laughs> forget about that. Just, you know, I'm thinking I get in a fight with my grandfather and decide I have to kill him. I, I just don't see that happening. 
Yeah, I um I I never met neither one of uh, I either one of my grandfathers, um, but you know they seem to be perfectly perfectly cool dudes. Well, I, I I mean you you were fond of the grandparents that you did meet, and they in turn were fond of them. So I mean you would exactly. think they're. They, they couldn't have been all bad. So, yeah, uh, chalk that one up to uh, uh, Keith just being confused about that one. Why, why would you <laughs> kill your grandfather? Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe if we went with the great-grandfather paradox, somebody you hadn't met. Ooh, yeah. Uh, who comes from a completely different... Uh, you know, how about this? How, how about this? <laughs> when you're describing the, the, the grandfather paradox, instead of saying... We get in a fight and I kill him, which is how I'm always, always heard it described. Yeah. How, how about instead I accidentally kill him the way that Fry in Futurama accidentally kills his grandfather? So Whoa. it's not intentional. It's not that we get in a fight. It's that, hey, <clears throat> I only saw pictures of my grandfather when he was old. So I kill some rando and oh my gosh, it turns out that it's my grandfather. Not. And I intentionally did it. Just it happened. And now I don't exist. <clears throat> and you are out of here. <laughs> oh, which uh, is what uh, John Wilkes Booth said to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, well, he he said it in Latin, though. But, yeah, but that, that's was, true. that was basically what <laughs> that's was what Six Emperor Tyrannus means. You're so, out of here. So I, I have a, uh, a a couple questions. First of all, about the sort of the, the premise that we're, we're, we're coming from here. Um, I believe they say that he's an engineer of some kind. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what engineers they're, um, they're, they're hanging out with. You know, my, my dad was uh, an electrical engineer. Um, my, my sister is a mechanical engineer. They're, they're not frequenting at hoity-toity clubs. Maybe it's one of those richy rich chemical engineers. Could be. I mean, those people are are really really making bank. The upper crust of yeah. the engineer community. I, I I think so. So that that was one thing that that jumped out at, at me is is you know there there was no need for him to be an engineer. So why did they why did they actually say? <laughs> I, I, I just at one point you're an engineer. Well, this and, is the show that uh, <clears throat> just for no reason lists everybody's age. Except for this episode, apparently. <laughs> that that is true, um, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just don't understand that one. Yeah, good point. Uh, they don't say his his name. Uh, it is, you know, and and I can't believe we we've, we've gotten now several minutes into this episode talking about <laughs> back there, and we've completely ignored the elephant in the room, which is the fact that the main character is Russell Johnson, the uh, the professor from Gilligan's Island. Oh my God! I did not know that. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Sean. So, so you didn't recognize uh, didn't William recognize Shatner? Bill, no, did not recognize <clears throat> William Shatner. Um, yeah. This this is a little bit more ex- excusable, though. I mean, you know, I I never watched Gilligan's Island, so like, of course, I would recognize Don Knotts, maybe. Right. Um, but <laughs> my record is not completely clear in this, though. No, and uh, um, you know, we th- this is the second time travel episode that has involved Russell Johnson. Interestingly enough, because because execution a few weeks ago, yeah, uh, with the guy who was who was being hanged and uh, gets pulled into the future, um, 
yeah, that was uh, that was also Russell Johnson. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, so he plays a, a scientist in that one and an engineer in that one. So even before Gilligan's Island, he was he was pretty typecast. You know, he's making bank, so it, that's probably all he cared about. Yeah, that's really all, <clears throat> all that matters. <laughs> so uh, an engineer, a professor, and a scientist all walk into a bar <laughs> and they start debating time travel. So, so after he goes through this debate, he kind of uh, he, he he bumps into one of the the club employees, and um, then starts to feel faint. And um, then suddenly his uh, his clothing changes. Uh, there's gas lamps and um, uh, horse drawn carriages, so he's he's literally being gaslit. <laughs> um, which so so. There, there's no effort to explain this, obviously, but uh, why why would your clothing change? Because because even uh, <laughs> you know, like there, there's the movie Somewhere in Time, which I don't know if you've ever uh, ever ever seen that with, uh, with Chris, so. Christopher Reeve, and uh, it uh, it takes place on a Mackinac Island where uh, my wife and I want oh, to nice. uh, want to move to uh, one day, and uh, at he actually so so that that story was written by Richard Matheson that wrote a number of Twilight Zone episodes, <clears throat> and um, in that he actually like goes through the process of buying period appropriate clothing so that when he <laughs> when he mentally time travels, which is a thing that happens in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, he will not look ridiculous. But uh, you know, I, I I guess we can chalk this up to. Uh, as we've we've said many times, they have 22 minutes. Yes, they, they can't they can't go through an elaborate backstory. But uh, it, it did strike me as funny that he uh, he just automatically had had period appropriate clothing. <laughs> My favorite was um, this is kind of similar, but in uh, in Gremlins mm-hmm. when all the Gremlins are made, <laughs> yeah, and. Th- they're all wearing clothes. Like, one's in a page boy outfit. Did they go to, like, you know, uh, <laughs> like the boys section of Kmart and, like, pick out some clothes before they decided to terrorize the, the world? And in that same vein, how did they know to dress as page boys? <laughs> like, they, they, these, these gremlins that have been around for, like, two minutes... <laughs> Like literally, they're two minutes old. They know a lot of pop culture touchstones. There's like a like a sexy little girl gremlin wearing a red dress. Yeah, like it's one thing in in Gremlins Two: The New Batch, a highly underrated movie. Mm, I agree. I agree. Uh, th- there is a gremlin that's injected with some sort of uh, uh, <laughs> thing that makes him smart, and he's uh, he's voiced by Tony Randall. And to me, Brain Gremlin is just the the, the best character ever. Um, oh I, like I can God. see him. He he has you know eaten the forbidden fruit, so he feels shame, and so I understand why he gets uh, why he gets dressed. Of course, and of course, since he's he's smart, of course he's gonna he's gonna be dressed you know very sophisticatedly. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, but I don't understand why the other gremlins have decided. <sighs> you know, I I I need to dress like a like a a page <laughs> in, in a movie theater or something. Yeah, here's the girl gremlin. She's got a feather boa. Yeah, why? And uh, which, by the way, led to one of my uh, favorite uh, early memes, memes which shows like that and and Yoda, 
um, <laughs> next to each other, and it's, it says, uh, you know, young I was, needed the money I did. <laughs> that's, that, awesome. that, that's fantastic. So uh, back to Russell Johnson traveling through time. Uh, so, so unlike his, uh, his, 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 uh, his, uh, his other character, the professor, he didn't invent a way to time travel. He no. just magically does. He just did it. He very quickly discovers that it's uh, April 14th, 1865, which, uh, in addition to being the day the Titanic sank, uh, April 14th is the day of Lincoln's assassination. Uh, also, Good Friday um, in, uh, in uh, April of 1865. So about like 100 years, he, he, he jumps about 100 years in the past. Right. So immediately upon realizing that it's uh, 1865, he rushes to Ford's Theater to warn everybody uh, but he's arrested for, I guess, being crazy, crazy ranting. I guess that was the thing you could... <laughs> Disturbing the peace. I mean, I, I know Lincoln uh, uh, suspended habeas corpus, so maybe during that time, you actually could just be arrested randomly for anything. Maybe that's it. Uh, could very well be. See, see I'm already assigning uh, this, <laughs> some motivation. <laughs> only here. you. Only you. <laughs> right. This is, this is uh, you know, historically, historically accurate. Yes, apparently so. Uh, so he's arrested, and so here, here's the thing that I don't get. So he, he's arrested, and he's in jail, but a rando comes and says, you know what? I'll take him. And so he's released from jail. Yeah, I don't understand this motivation here. Um, like, like I, I, I understand, like, like we, we, we do eventually learn why the person wants to get um, uh, Corrigan out of jail, no spoilers. We we do figure mm-hmm. out why they uh, want to do that, but I don't get why the police are just like, sure, you seem you seem trustworthy. Take I take mean, the, the the crazy ranting guy. Maybe he maybe he was the only one who could pay the bail of uh, you know six, sixty cents, and then uh, you know I mean because habeas corpus is suspended during this time, those jails are probably going to fill up pretty quickly. So you know that is true. If, if you find somebody who's willing to take the crazy, give them that crazy. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so he's trying to convince, uh, so, so basically he's, 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 uh, ch- trying to convince, uh, Wellington, I believe his name is, uh, Beefy, they like to call him, <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, somebody's going to kill Lincoln and he says, oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think I'm going to try to do something about this. Why don't you wait here and I'll do something about, I'll do something about Lincoln. In fact, <laughs> here's a, you know here's a drink that's totally and, not drugged. And he, he gives him a drink, and even though he's uh, he's a rando, he says, "Hey, this guy just bailed me out of jail. Uh, clearly, I can trust him." So he he takes the drink, and he ends up passing out. And uh, then eventually, one of the police officers who was involved in arresting him says, "You know what? If somebody's saying that, that the president's going to be shot, maybe we should do something about that. So he, uh, he chases after him. Eventually, uh, he's able to, uh, to track him down. And uh, basically, we learn that Wellington uh, was uh, John Wilkes Booth. What? Spoiler we, alert. We learn it from the, uh, the landlord. And right about the time he has this realization, uh, we start hearing a commotion outside that uh, Lincoln has been shot. So here's my question. Um, you know, you were talking about the motivation before t- for uh, uh, Booth to get um, Corrigan out of jail. Did he think that, I mean, I guess, 
I guess he would be less of a less of a cause for concern for Booth if he was asleep in his apartment rather than yelling and screaming about everything he knows in a jail cell. But still, he's not going anywhere in a jail cell. No. Yeah, so so that is a little weird. I mean, maybe he was worried that uh, he would get released. Yeah. But but yeah, that is a good point. That <laughs> By anybody it, with 60 cents bail. Yeah, if he's in a jail cell, that means he can't do anything about the assassination because apparently the assassination happened very shortly thereafter. So it's not like he would have been released in the next few hours. If I was, if I was magically transported uh, to right before uh, a president was assassinated Mm -hmm. um, and it was my mission to, even even though I'm taking this upon myself to, to stop the assassination, I'd kind of want to shoot for a little bit more lead time than like what's clearly 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, he didn't actually pick the time. He, he didn't even pick the time to, to go back in time. Mm. Uh, you know, it wasn't like Back to the Future where he, he put in the, the date and time in the flux <laughs> he capacitor. Um, he, didn't, he didn't dial up the, uh, the numbers on a, on a Model A. And it, no, um, didn't, didn't get the Model A up to 88. Or he, he didn't get the Model A to 8.8 miles per hour, <laughs> which, which is about top speed for a Model A. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so he, he didn't have a choice there. So I'll give him a pass on that one. I, I would imagine if he had his druthers, he probably would have wanted more lead time. Like a week. <clears throat> a week or even a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. So, like, someone randomly just starts shouting, someone's going to shoot the, the president. <laughs> Do you think the authorities actually listen to that or view the guy as a threat and arrest him? I mean, you know, they they're law enforcement. They can do both, right? They can they can chase down the the lead, but also keep the guy in custody without releasing him to just a rando on the street. And you know, he very could have easily solved this whole problem by just saying he's going to be shot by John Wilkes Booth. Because, in Ford's, at Ford's Theater. Because he was, yeah, in Ford's Theater. I mean, he was a, he was a very famous person at the time, yeah. especially in the area. Um, so it seems like he, he, it seems like you need to keep your wits about you. You know, as, uh, as my father said on, uh, on my wedding day, if you ever go back in time, don't step on anything. Cause even the slightest <laughs> change could could alter humanity in, in ways you couldn't possibly imagine. Uh, same thing. If you ever find yourself mysteriously traveling back in time, you know, look at a newspaper, see what day it is, see what you can, what you can prevent, you know, maybe it's the attack on Pearl Harbor. Maybe it's the Lincoln assassination, but do it very calmly. Just say, sir, I believe uh, today is April 14th. <laughs> I overheard someone saying that they were going to try to shoot the president. Let's do something about that together, shall we? <laughs> Why, yes, well-mannered citizen. Now I believe you. Yes. Don't, don't be ranting and shouting at everybody, which is really good advice any, in any situation. Don't, don't be much. ranting and yeah. shouting at everybody. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that, that, that would be my advice if you ever find yourself mysteriously transported back in time before some... Uh, event of historical note <clears throat> just remain calm just calmly say hey i overheard something 
let's good, let's do something about this. It'll That's be a good good team building activity if we do something about this. <laughs> so so that would be be my advice. But uh, obviously, Corrigan does not uh, does not listen to this podcast and did not hear that. Uh, he doesn't. He starts starts raving, gets arrested, and John Wilkes Booth is able to take advantage of that and uh, go ahead and shoot Lincoln. Um, R.I.P. Abe. Mm. And uh, so he uh, it, almost immediately thereafter he becomes dizzy again, goes back to the future, and uh, um, he's unable to explain why uh, any of this happened. Probably, presumably, happy to be home. <laughs> My question is, did he just go catatonic at the table? Like, was he in mid-sentence and then just... Like, uh, no, no, he, he did actually... He, he walked through the door. Like, that, that was when he, he... Oh, that's right, that's that, right. That was when he, he traveled back in time. So, um, yeah, so, so there wasn't, like, a, an unconscious Corrigan sitting at the table. Ah, oh, that would uh, have been he, amazing. He, yeah. Um, so then he, he does cross paths again with uh, William, who is the... Uh, the club employee that he he ran into, uh, you know, at the beginning, right before he traveled back in time through the 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 portal to the past, uh, mm-hmm. which is the front door of the Potomac Club, and it turns out that now he's not an employee there; he's a member. So this comes back to uh, the episode of uh, Quantum Leap where. Uh, Sam was uh, was was Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, you know, at various he was he was in various positions trying to stop the JFK assassination, and uh, he was unable to. But um, uh, I'm running a blank on on his name, Sam uh, D- Dean Stockwell's character. Yes, uh, I do, I don't know that Sam has a last name in Quantum Leap. <laughs> oh, Sam does. He he he's Sam Beckett. Um, uh, oh yeah, that's right. But but I'm trying to think of the name of Wait, who's oh, the, Al uh, Al Calavici. Al, Al, that, Al, that's okay. his name. Yeah, um, he says, "Yeah, you probably don't remember this, but uh, originally Jackie died too, and hmm. so he wasn't sent back in time to stop JFK from being assassinated. He was sent back in time to um, to keep Jackie from being assassinated with him." And so this is kind of the same thing where, yes, he didn't um, he didn't stop Abe from being killed, but he did make this rando that he knew at the club <laughs> a member of the club instead of instead of just an employee at the club. So yeah, that works out, too. Right. It, it works out fine. I mean, what's that's, done is done. Yeah, that's who, just as good. Who knows? Who knows what would have happened if, if Abraham Lincoln uh, wasn't assassinated? Um. I, I would imagine a lot of things would have uh, would have worked out a lot better if 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 Lincoln hadn't been assassinated. Uh, There's most, always that. <laughs> most notably, Lincoln's life. Uh, would, oh, would true, have, true, yeah. true. Um, I I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I I always liked this episode. Yeah, it's. Um, I thought it was cool just because it, it you know it's it's a twist on um, on on time travel without it getting too heady. And, um, you know, like they said, like you said, uh, you know, there's 22 minutes to tell a story and I think they do a pretty good job here. Um, you know, it's nowhere near the Mount Rushmore, but it's definitely, um, you know, it's, 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 it's very infrequently one that I, that I skip during a marathon or anything or catching up. 
Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, the same thing, that it's not on my Mount Rushmore, but that, uh, you know, it's one of the episodes that uh, when I'm looking at the schedule for the marathon, um, I'm going to make a note of, uh, of when that one's on. And uh, unless it's on at like three in the morning, I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> definitely make sure that I watch it. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> the the ending is a little anticlimactic, but it's um, because it's like, you know, like you said, that's just as good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now William is rich, but uh, well, the president still died. I mean, that, that was th- this was before J.J. Abrams came along and decided that the answer to everything was just alternate realities. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they were working with what they had. It's true. Yeah. Next week, we'll be working with what we have when we watch the episode The Whole Truth. Mr. Peter Corrigan, lately returned from a place back there. A journey into time with highly questionable results. Proving on one hand that the threads of history are woven tightly and the skein of events cannot be undone. But on the other hand, there are small fragments of tapestry that can be altered. Tonight's thesis, to be taken as you will in the Twilight Zone.